I'm going to record this now, okay, guys? Record. Record to cloud. Okay. Recording in progress. Yeah, I know. I just, I just hit record. So anyway, my wife said, what does it mean to be ashamed? To be ashamed. Because he said the same thing to Timothy. You know, study to show yourself approved. Um, a workman that need not be ashamed. All right, so you see what was happening back then was they were trying to live in the freedom and the liberty for which Christ had made them free and liberated them, you know? Liberated them from the laws of Moses and from the, you know, the ceremonial laws and from the Big Ten. Um, but you see, the thing is, there were certain Jews who were coming and making them feel inferior, making them feel condemned, making them feel embarrassed or shamed or whatever because, no, 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 no. You believe in Jesus, yes, but you still remain zealous for the law of Moses. You still, you still get circumcised. You still follow the festivals and the moons and, the, and, and whatnot. And so there was a lot of, believe it or not, shame in believers because why would they be shamed? Well, they're still going to the temple. They're finding themselves going to the temple. Kind of like when Paul addressed Peter to his face and said, you used to eat with the Gentiles and now you disassembled yourself. And now you're going back to the synagogues and, and now you're, you know, you're, you're back into your Ju Ju Judaistic ways, your, your Jewish ways and whatever. And, and Paul, read it in Galatians chapter 2, pointed, he said, I pointed right at him, face to face. I said, you disassembled yourself. You left the truth. Why? There, there was a lot of, they were embarrassed. They were, there, was, there was shame that was put on them, put on them from the legalists, from, from, from the adherents to the law, from the religious. So Paul is telling Timothy, be not ashamed, right? A workman, don't be ashamed. And now Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Because this is the gospel. This is the only one, the one and only. I'm not ashamed, this gospel of Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. And why? See, this is it. Paul says, because this gospel, this unadulterated gospel, this true gospel with no mixture and no legalism and no you have tos and no you musts and no you need to. No, it's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift that we receive through faith, just believing in Jesus Christ. This gospel is the power, the dunamis, where we get our word dynamite from God or of God for salvation. And that word salvation is soteria. And it it in 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 it it cap it encaptures every part of life, redemption, forgiveness, rescue, healing, wholeness, provision. This gospel, the only one, and that that verb in the Greek is very like the 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 one and only. You know, like Frank Sinatra, the one and only Elvis Brett, the one and only. You know, not a. What do they call them? Substitutes? What do they call them? Impersonators? You know, no. The gospel. So, it's my heart's desire, as I feel led by the Holy Spirit and my wife, is for me to have him lead me into that true gospel. More and more, every day, I'm, I'm, I'm more and more finding myself in that, in that true, too good to be true, you know, gospel of Jesus Christ where it's all about him, all about him.
all about him, all about him. And, uh, and then finding others, because this is what Paul told Timothy. Now find others, find others, find others who you can teach this to. And then have those others teach it to others. And now you got to be very careful, because we're all in situations where we hear. You know, and, and you're going to hear the truth, and you're going to hear the mixture, and it's going to get in there, and, and it's going to build a nest. And you just got to be careful of it. You, you got to be, you got to have your ear gates that shut, that close, and you just have to be aware of it. And I know that even in my, uh, my lane, <coughs> I've learned to, well, like, for instance, this is what I believe. I don't confess my sins. Now, I know many Christians believe that they have to confess their sins. And I don't believe that. I'll never confess I'm a sinner. I've never con- I'll never confess my sin. Why? Paul spends 17 letters and 40 times addressing me as a saint. Paul addresses me 40 times as a holy and blameless one. Paul tells me that I am righteous with God's righteousness. Paul tells me I'm complete in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells me that through one sacrifice, he perfected me forever and he sanctified me. And, um, you know, on and on and on. That's what I concentrate on. I confess my righteousness. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn, come and condemn me of sin or convince me of sin. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 the Holy Spirit comes to convince me of my righteousness. So now, you know, I would, I would be hesitant to say that in certain venues, okay? I'd have to be careful. But one day, I heard my, you know, the leader of the organization that, uh, I'm a director of, Andrew Womack, I heard him say, and I put it in my vault, and I can say, you know, Andrew himself said, and, I, and he did, he said, technically, theologically, doctrinally, the New Covenant, right, the New Testament, the New Covenant, does not tell us to confess our sins, that's all I needed. Now I have a freedom to enter into part of my lane that I was avoiding. Now, I, I don't know. Is any of this, is this making sense tonight? Absolutely. Okay. Mom, she's my biggest cheerleader. So. Hi. Yeah, okay. Laura, you're my biggest cheerleader. My mom's right up there, number two. and. <laughs> And then everybody else is tied. Everybody, you're number, okay, you're number one. Mom will take number two. Everybody else is tied for number three. Can anybody hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, because somehow I lost um, the ability to, I can't figure out how to turn my microphone off. Scroll, Scroll down and your microphone will appear on the bottom of the screen and just put your arrow on it and click. Either that or, or... Be very quiet. We're hunting rabbits. I, I like, think. Like Elmer Fudd. Because I have 
scroll over this screen about ten times and I can't find it. All right. You can't see me either, can you? No. Uh, no, not right now. No, I'm sorry. Right, I can't well, find my microphone and I can't find my video. So well, you, but well, I'm here. Well, just be like we're hunting rabbits. Just shh. okay. You know I love you. She's a big fan, too. She's a grace junkie, too. So, anyway, I was with Brother Barry Bennett. And this is public information because Barry Bennett preached this. I am not, I am not a proponent of Well, first of all, first of all, I was going to get there, but first of all, I want to talk about a verse that my wife, I want to talk to you about, like, it's so important to know, you know, context. Because we all know, and whoever the son makes free is free indeed, right? And then right above that, it says, it says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, right? And right above that, it says, it says, um, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. Whoa. You continue in my word, then you're my disciples. You will know the truth. The truth will make you free. He who the Son makes free is free indeed. But if you, And then if you keep on going backwards, it says, And he spake, spake these words, and many believed on him. So now, what words did many believe on? What words did Jesus say, If you continue in these, you'll be my disciples? What words did he say? You'll know my, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And he who the son makes free is free indeed. You have to keep it in context. And then he goes on in verse twenty-eight. It says, "Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. And above that it says, Therefore I say unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am He." You shall die in your sins. So now we know you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He who the son makes free is free indeed. If you listen to his words, you're his disciples. What are his words? His words are talking about his death, burial, and resurrection, which is the gospel. That's what makes you his disciple, the gospel. And Lori came up with a verse yesterday that's so good in, in our session yesterday. And it's from Romans chapter 5, verse 19. And it said, through one man's disobedience, we all were made sinners. Romans 5, 19. And then it says this, through one man's obedience, we were all made righteous. Not our obedience, through that one man's obedience. So Jesus Christ is everything. He has given us everything. He has provided everything for us. And so one of the things um, our guest instructor taught on was he was, taughting, he was teaching about reaping and sowing. All right? We all know, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that's what he also shall reap. Right? We all know that? Right? We all, we've heard it. We've heard it. Yes. We've heard it. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, amen. Don't say amen yet, Ed. <laughs> you asked if we heard it yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. So anyway, so now I want to tell you something about that verse. Here is where context is king. It's in Galatians, and it's in chapter 6, and it's in verse 9. 
And it says this, uh, uh, but, but now I just want to take you quickly through Galatians. And this is all going to make a point because I'm going to be talking about reaping and sowing tonight, which is vitally important in your freedom in Christ. So when you look at Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, he's saying, I marvel. I marvel that you guys are so removed from this, this glorious message of the gospel of grace that was delivered to you and are now going after another gospel. So what he's talking about. Why? Because they reverted back to the law. And this, this is where he says, you know, if, if any man teach you another gospel, let him be accursed. If an angel teaches you another gospel, let him be cursed. Because what was happening? The Judaizers came and they were getting them back into circumcision and following the ceremonial you know, rituals of the law and, and the law. And then we find in, in Galatians 2, all right, he again, he's talking about Jews and he's talking about Gentiles. He's talking about Jews who are adhering, who are adhering to the law and the Gentiles who, who were adhering to grace but were allowing themselves to be, you know, become bewitched. In Galatians chapter 3, he calls them old, fool, old foolish Galatians. You let yourself be witched, right? That you shall no longer obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. In, in Galatians chapter 4, you know, it continues again about uh, the beggarly elements, right? Which was, which was the law versus the spiritual truths of grace. In Galatians chapter 5, he's telling us, Stand therefore in the liberty where which Christ has made you free, and no longer be entangled to a yoke of bondage, which was the law. And then he says in verse, chapter, in, in verse 4 of chapter 5, Christ has become of no effect to you if you are justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. You all have these notes. So, so that's a key verse, five, chapter 5, verse 4. You become justified by the law again. You become justified by the law again, you've fallen from gate, from grace, right? And so now it goes to Galatians. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. If you're sowing to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. Well, what is he talking about? If you keep it in the context of the book, he's talking about sowing to righteousness under the law and to the law. Be not deceived. God's not mocked. If you think you're going to be able to sow righteousness, right? Sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But if you sow in the spirit, if you sow in the spirit, you're going to reap life. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that which he reap, you know, that is talking about sowing to the flesh, works of the law, sowing to the spirit, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only time Paul is using this analogy, and it's only being used in regarding to law versus grace. If you read Galatians as one book and one letter and keep it in its context, you will clearly see that. But if you rip verses out of their context, then you are left with a con job. Now, so here it is. So here it is. Those of you, Lori, when did he when did he teach about reaping and sowing? Was that on Sunday? I think a little bit Saturday and Sunday. Okay, 
I think it was both days he talked a little bit about we should be expecting to reap, you know, if we've sowed, if we've sowed anything. But then, all of a sudden, see, he makes the statement that a grace man, that a grace junkie latches onto. You want to know what that was? Huh? Anybody? Yes, yes. yes. Lori does. He makes the statement that every grace junkie picks up because it's what we believe. But then he said, but in all actuality, in all reality, we get to reap because of what God sown in Jesus. And I said, bingo, there it is, right there. Lenny Rolla doesn't have to sow anything because God the Father did in Jesus Christ. He sowed his son. And we're going we're gonna to visit some scriptures that are really, really important. Uh, what? Okay. And so let's look at some verses. First of all, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Hopefully you have this in front of you. We have been born again. <clears throat> we have been born again, not of a corruptible seed. Okay? But of an incorruptible seed. The word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So what is Peter talking about? Who is the word of God? Who is the living word of God? Who is the incorruptible seed? Jesus. Jesus. Who said that? You, Lord? You know. Okay. Jesus. So we have been born again. And when we were born again, we were impregnated with the incorruptible seed the incorruptible word of God. God planted Jesus inside of us. God planted that seed, that incorruptible seed. That's powerful, guys. John chapter 12, verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, then it, it brings forth much fruit. So now that incorruptible seed, Jesus Christ, who died and was raised from the dead, now dwells within us and produces, produces much fruit. It produces much fruit. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God the Father planted his Son in us that the fruit that is produced causes us to be exactly like his Son. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with his son, now with his son, with his son, also freely give us all things. This is not meaning, okay, listen, he gave you Jesus, right? 
Now, because he gave you Jesus, you can expect that he's going to give you all things. No. This is speaking about, talking about, with Jesus, along with Jesus, came all things. All right? How do I know that's true? Well, we'll keep on going. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What blessings has he blessed us with, Lori? All. All. He has. He has already blessed us. Why? He, he impregnated us. He planted that incorruptible seed, the word of the God, the living word of God, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ came, so did everything else freely come. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Isn't the word of God exciting? Very. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Listen to this. Now, unto, we always quote this verse. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Above all, we can ask or think. How is he able to do that? According to the power that's within us. According to what's, what's within us. What's within us? The incorruptible seed. The incorruptible word of God. Jesus. And with Jesus freely came all things. So he's able to do all things. He's able to do far beyond what you could ask, ask or think for. Why? Because it's in you. It's already in you. Do you see it? Yes. You already possess it. Yes. You already. Yes? Yes. Thank God yes. you're with me tonight, Lori. Yes. You already possess it. Yes. You already have it. Yes. It's already yours. Yes. You're not waiting for it. You're not sowing to get it. You're not sowing to receive it. You just need to believe it. You just need to believe it. You just need to believe it. Okay, so here we go. There's more. There's more, yeah. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Well, how many things? All. All things. All. All things. All. Woo! He's given us all. Wait. All. Wait a second. He's given you all things pertaining to He's given me? Yes. Incorruptible seed, the word of God, the living word of God, Jesus, with Jesus freely came all things, been blessed with every spiritual blessing, have been given all, I have been given all things pertaining to life and godliness. Think about what pertains to life and godliness. What pertains to life and godliness? All things pertain. All, all things. All. I know, but what could be considered some of those all things? Oh, health. 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 Prosperity. Healing. Healing. Prosperity. Joy. Joy. Okay. Peace. Peace. Right. So not only is it 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 uh, characteristics like peace and joy and love, but it's also physical, like healing. Wholeness, wellness. We have been blessed with all things. We have been given all spiritual blessings, right? Now, all things, could that be can that be considered prosperity? Can that be considered finances? Definitely. Yes. 
So we have been given these things already. They are already ours. Thank you for applauding, Lori. So what do we need to sow to reap? What do we need to sow to reap healing? Nothing. Belief. Maybe, just belief. What do we need to sow to reap financial blessing? Belief. Belief that it's done. It's, it's said. Okay? Belief. Now, I know what everybody's going to say. Everybody's going to say. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, it says, He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. You know what that really means if you investigate the Greek? I'm going to let you know. I'm going to show you. You got. I'm going to do a visual. Can you all? Oh, wait! I got to keep it this way. Can you all see this can? This can of bubbly. It is. It's bubbly. It is. What is this? What is this called? Uh, seltzer water. Now, what happens if I shake this can up and shake it and shake it and shake it and shake it and shake it, and then open up the top? Yeah. But if I open up the top just really slow, right, it's only going to come out slowly. So what that word really means is if you are sowing sparingly from your abundance, you're going to be living sparingly from your abundance. If you shake, 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 shake. Then, boom, open that thing up and shh. If you're sowing abundantly, you're going to be living from the abundance. <coughs> That's what that means. The Greek and the truth of it gives it a whole other meaning outside of, well, listen, if you're only giving a little bit, you're only going to get back a little bit. Or if you give a lot, you're going to get back a lot. That's not what that's talking about. I've always said, grow the flow. It's in there. It's in there. And the way you get it all out is by totally opening up and letting it flow. And living, living in the overflow, which will be amazing. <coughs> And that's what Paul is teaching. Does that make sense? Come on, everybody, raise your hands. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm trying to yeah. teach you to be free. I'm teaching to be. I'm teaching you to be free. I'm teaching to, you to live in the overflow. Live in the overflow. When you're giving, you're giving out of out of your abundance. You're going to be living in the abundance. Yeah. That's what that word of scripture is talking about. If you're, if you're sparingly giving from the abundance, then you're going to be sparingly living from your abundance. <coughs> I get excited. Lori says, calm down and you won't cough. Can I ask a question? Who's that? Another one? Go ahead, Jolene. You can ask a question. Anyway, I get a little... Like, I guess not like, uh, <coughs> when it comes to money, 
finances. Yep. How do I balance being a good steward of it, but then also in belief of the abundance? Because, like, I have such a heart to always want to give. I don't want to get to the point where I'm giving everything away, and then I don't have, like, for the things that God has given me to do as well. Like, um, you know, my family or whatever, this and that. So, like, I always... I feel like I'm better at it now, but I still feel like I get challenged many times when I want to give so much, and then, I, and then I always have this little voice in the back of my head saying, like, like what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're not going to have enough for this or for that, and I think, so how do I, like, I balance that? <coughs> well, I have found... That when I give abundantly, I live abundantly. But I also depend upon the Holy Spirit and his peace to let me know. Like, whenever I give, like before Barry Bennett came, I already knew before God, the Holy Spirit let me know, the size check I was going to write out. I already knew. All right? <clears throat> so I let the peace and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit direct direct my giving. Now, when it comes to other people, all right, sometimes I had peace and sometimes I didn't have peace. And I learned. I learned. I, I would give to other people and then I would just see them squander it, not use it properly. Um, um, and then I would also, you know, I don't like being in a position of a pastor because, you know, my secretary lets me know the finances and stuff like that. And I would say, never would never would they give, but that didn't bother me. I would, I'd still give. But I had to learn to discern. And the Holy Spirit would help me learn to discern where to give outside of like his house or his ministries or his mission field. I don't know if that makes sense. And uh, and then there has to be a wisdom. And like Pastor Lenny is notorious for watching infomercials and then ordering things. I, I have so much stuff that I really don't need and I wasted so much money and I bought so much, you know, so much stuff that, I mean, literally Lori and I probably could be millionaires right now over the last couple of decades if I didn't spend my money foolishly. That's when we have to depend upon the Holy Spirit to let us know, do I or don't I? Do I or don't I? So we depend upon the peace of God, right? To to show us how to write that check and how to give that check to ministries that, that we're supporting. Now, when it comes to others, benevolence, we have to ask the Holy Spirit. We have to get his peace, okay, in giving. And now when it comes to buying things, you know, really, when it comes to buying things, we should be doing that from the excess. After, you know, we've given from our surplus, you know, to the Lord, we've been benev benevolent, now we've, we've paid our bills, now out of the surplus, the extra, hey, you want a new outfit, you get a new outfit, but you have to live under the guidance and wisdom of a, and leading of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? That's all I got. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, That's that all was I got. Really helpful. Okay. All right, so now, getting back to reaping what, what you sow. Can I just add something to that, Pastor? Sure, Ed. 
I just want to say that um, that it, it's also, I think it's the epitome of trusting in the Lord. Uh, and, you know, it's seed, right? So it's seed. Uh, sometimes seed could be uh, love that you show, the, the, the love of Christ that you show a brother or sister, uh, you know, in, in the works or something that you can help a brother with or a sister with. Um, and sometimes it could be financial, but at the end of the day, um, you know, if you're being blessed by a pastor, if, uh, if it's your, your home church or, um, as in this case, your, this ministry, this ministry is feeding us, um, that's purposely done. So it's, it's, you, we have, we should be purposeful. We should set aside and, and sow into the ministry. It's good ground, you know, uh, pastor, you're good ground. And so that's, that's a seed. And then I think that at least that, that's how I see it. No, that's, that's, that's all good. That's all good. Right. That's all good. The only thing I would say is we should never give expecting or never give out a necessity. And that's what when Paul says, never give out a necessity or never given, you know, expecting, you know. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a machine. Like, yeah, right. yeah, I do this and I'm going to get back. Right, Absolutely like we're not. God. Like we just give because yeah, we're like God. Yeah. We're God-like. And, and for God so loved the world that he gave, and that's why we give. But uh, that's awesome. That's really good. And um, I'm glad that you think this is good ground. I think so, too. So anyway, um, I want to talk about sowing and reaping again. So now here it is. Barry said, but then again, we should be reaping because God sowed Jesus. So now, yes, I believe in sowing and reaping, but I believe God did the sowing, and now Lenny Roller gets to do the reaping. Now, so let's look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21. We all know what that says. He who knew no sin became sin that we might be made righteousness. So here's sowing and reaping. His son was sowed in sin. We reaped righteousness. Amen? Oh. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. His son was sown in brokenness. His son was battered and beaten. And we reap wholeness. We don't have to sow anything to get this. God did the sowing. In Isaiah 53, 5, God sowed beatings and scourgings and whippings on his son that we might reap healing. We don't have to sow anything for healing. This is all the sowing that God did already in Christ Jesus. And we just get to reap. That's the only sowing and reaping I believe in. That's the gospel of grace. And that has made me free. And here it is, Matthew chapter uh, 27, verses 55 through 56. He was alone and destitute. He was left alone. He was betrayed. He was alone at that cross, right? That we might reap richness in relationships. He missed the one above it. Okay. I missed it. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. This is powerful. He became poor 
that in his poverty, we might be made rich. He was sown in complete poverty, naked, bare, hanging on a tree, no possessions, as poor and outcast and broken as one can be. He was completely sown in poverty and we reap riches. It's all here, guys. Matthew chapter seven, uh, 27, verse 55 and 56. He was alone and destitute and we reap richness in relationships with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the family of God. What is there left? Okay, of everything I just said, righteousness, wholeness, healing, riches, relationships. What is there that is left for us to sow that we might reap? What's left? Nothing. Who said that? Diane. Diane. Oh, you got all the answers. That's why Diane. you're sitting next to Diane, my, my, my sister baggage. Diane? Okay. Yes. That's awesome. When you look at what, how Jesus was sown, and because of that, what we now reap, there's nothing left for us to sow in order that we might release, uh, we might reap. It's been done already. So I totally agreed with Barry, and I wish he would stay there because it would free so many people who believe, well, I have to sow, I have to sow, I have to sow the seed, I have a need, I have to give, if I have to give so that the need can be met. No, you've already been given all things. You've, been already, you've already been blessed with all spiritual blessings. You, you have all things pertaining to life and godliness. Jesus was sown. And now we just reap. And that gives freedom because I don't have to perform. Do you understand? This is what freedom is all about. This is what liberty in Christ is all about. This is he who the Son has made free is free indeed. I don't have to perform. I don't have to do something to get. I don't have to give to get. I already have it, and I've already been blessed with it. Now I just have become transformed in my mind to believe for it. And when I see it, and it becomes real, the illumination and the revelation, that's when I can believe in my heart and speak with my mouth and call it into existence. And that's when God is able to do far beyond what I can ask or think. Because the power that's within me becomes realized and manifested in my life. We must walk in light and illumination and revelation, knowing what God has done through Jesus Christ. And we, when, he, when we understand, truly understand, that it is all about him and is all about what he did, and there's nothing left for us except to live in the life more abundantly that he has given us and in the freedom that he's provided for us, right? We're always going to live in the trapment of I still have to do or I must do or I need to do. All right. Did this make sense tonight? Yes. Yes. Was, was it okay? Are you glad you joined in for yeah. 50 yeah. minutes? So now I'm going to turn it over to you guys. If you have any questions. If you have any questions at all. Tonight. Tonight, the notes, questions, whatever. This is your time.
I'm, I'm, I just I'm enjoying the beach. I'm enjoying the beach, so I'm fine where I'm at. Diane's asking a question. Yep, Diane. Be cold looking at the tree. <laughs> Go ahead, Diane. Like that. <laughs> Go ahead, Diane. Uh, you know, just back with, you know, way back with the Jewish people, I mean, this is what happened with them. You know, they kind of took it over, and they just thought that they had to do all this. They, they made up all those laws, those 600 and whatever it is laws, you know what I mean? Because they just kept adding things on that, you know, that they had to do, you know, and like God could not get it straight with them that, you know, he just wanted them to believe, you know, yep. and uh, have faith. Yep. So, you know, it's kind of like the same thing, you know, it's like we're still battling that whole thing, you know, it's like we're still battling that we have to do stuff, you know, we have to, you know, no, I got to get in there and, and I, you know what I mean? I got to make it right. And uh, he already made everything right. Amen. You know? Did it ever bother any of you that Jesus healed people? It kind of bothered me because, not not bothered me, it, it caused me a lot of like, Lord, this is not making sense. Because they were all under the Mosaic covenant of law, right? <coughs> and under the Mosaic covenant of law, if you didn't perform, then these curses would come upon you. And evidently, they weren't meeting the requirements of the law. So because of that, the curses of sickness was, sicknesses was upon them. That's the covenant that they were in. And so I asked myself, okay, so if they're sick and they're cursed and they're diseased, they must not be obeying the covenant, you know, or living in that covenant. And I know where the Bible says, my covenant I will not break, nor alter the words that comes forth from my mouth. And uh, so I'm saying to myself, God, you honor covenants. They made this covenant with you. They have to live in this covenant. So, so how can Jesus break the covenant and just go around and heal people? I think that is praise. You're almost there. That's pretty good. And then I got my answer when I was reading Paul. I read Paul chapter, uh, Galatians chapter 3, where it says the covenant of law, right, did not nullify the promise. So when you look, exactly. And what was the covenant of, of, that Abraham was in? The covenant of grace, which was a covenant of faith. So when the law came, yes, it came, but it did not nullify the promise. So that meant as long as people came to Jesus in faith, not works, in faith, he was able to heal them all. And that's where, wow, that shows yeah. right there. It's not about works. It never is about works. It's always about faith. Any other questions? No? All right, then. I'll stop recording. Wait, I think Kyle has a question. Thank you.
Okay. You might have to speak up because I don't have everybody's face on here, so I can't see if somebody's raising their hand. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Carol. Carol? It's Edward. I can see. She's got to mute out. Do you, I got you. You're unmuted, Carol. Do you have a question? Unmute, Carol. She's got to do it on her end. Well, I can unmute her. <laughs> is she with you? No, Marcus is with her. It's been so easy just to press a button. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. All right, so I do Marcus. Okay, now you're unmuted. Go ahead. Okay, thank you for Marcus. He's been listening with me. But um, so from the beginning, you know, when you talked about 